This episode of Wealth Management Today is brought to you by Ezra Group Consulting. Broker-dealers are under tremendous pressure to retain and attract new advisors, and the technology ecosystem is a key part. Ezra Group Consulting is your go-to source for building the next generation of advisor and client experiences that will supercharge your firm's growth, increase user satisfaction, and reduce operating costs. If you're a broker-dealer and you want to leapfrog your competition, contact Ezra Group today for a free one-hour consultation and 10% off your first strategic planning project. Go to ezragroup.co, that's E-Z-R-A-G-R-O-U-P.co for more information. Welcome to the Wealth Management Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, and I'm a consultant. I run a consulting firm, and we do technology strategy and product management, product strategy, only in the wealth management industry. And this is my podcast to basically share information that we find out about wealth management technology and uh, present it to the industry and see what sticks. I hope you'll enjoy this particular episode. It was recorded live at the Morningstar Conference, which I was at last week in Chicago. Fantastic conference, lots of good information, some great presentations, lots of good details about new products Morningstar is coming out with, lots of technology, innovation showing up there. I really uh, got a lot out of that conference, and this is an on-site interview. So I apologize, the sound quality isn't so great, but I thought it was important to get it done and uh, talk to some of the leaders at Morningstar. Uh, this one was with Dermot Omahani, the head of software, and I'm going to introduce him in a second. And we talked about a lot of interesting stuff about Morningstar and about their technology and, and some of the things they're working with. And there are 120,000 advisors who use their advisor workstation. It's huge. It's almost a third of all advisors in the country at some, uh, some point use Morningstar's products. It really makes them quite influential. It gives them a lot of data, and I tried to drill down into some of that with Dermot. Uh, so please uh, apologize for the background noise. We had trouble finding a quiet room, but it is live, so you're going to get some, some of the raw audio. And I hope you can, you can get through uh, what we're talking about. Uh, it's really a very worthwhile interview. And I'll pop back in at the end and try to summarize what we spoke about and catch you the other side. And here we are. We are at the Morningstar Investment Conference in Chicago, and I'm here with Dermot Omahani, the head of software for Morningstar. Hey, Dermot. Hey, Craig. How's it going? Fantastic. I'm so glad you were available and we can chat a bit. And so here we are live at the conference and we're, we're doing this thing. And I'm loving that, the, that Morningstar is doing more software yeah. and doing more technology. What, what brought that about? Well, I think we've always been doing software. Uh, you know, uh, software is probably the largest standalone business at Morningstar. But, you know, at the Morningstar Investor Conference, we've really always kind of been focused on bringing research and investment advice to the advisors. And so historically, I think that's kind of what the the, the entire conference was focused on. Hmm. But over the last couple of years, we've started sort of a kind of a crashing the party a little bit from the (laughs) software side. And again, but, you know, you see all these other software vendors out there having their big conferences and roadmap reveals and all of these kind of good things. And so, you know, a lot of the folks who come to the conference not only consume Morningstar research, Mm -hmm. but they also use Morningstar software. Yeah, and a lot of them, and they use the Morningstar Office, yeah, which is... Yeah. With Morningstar Office, Morningstar Direct, really, all of the, the software products. And so what we want to do is kind of mix in where, where it makes sense, mm-hmm. sort of some uh, kind of uh, information to those folks about what we're doing, what we're planning, because they want to right. know what we're doing with the software as well. So how do you see the software fitting in? I mean, obviously, it's still a, a data-driven, yeah. analytics-driven firm, but how does data support that? 
software. Yeah, so the software is really a delivery, other than Morningstar Office, which we can talk about a little bit separately. Yes. Our software products are really a delivery mechanism for the IP and the research and the data generated by our analysts and generated by the, the, the data teams. So, you know, data feeds, you know, there's not much that an independent advisor could do with a two terabyte feed of fund data. Right. right. We have customers who are very good at consuming two terabyte feeds of fund data, sure. but the average RIA probably isn't going to be able to make the best use of that. Sure. And so the software business really developed as a means for those advisors and then asset managers to be able to consume the data and consume the research in a way that makes sense to them. So it's basically a mechanism for us to deliver the IP and the research mm -hmm. that the Morningstar analysts and the Morningstar data business that kind right. of brings together and makes it available and adds in a, a layer of analytics and visualization so that they can consume the information in a way that makes sense to them. So do you see that as giving you an advantage over test, other tech firms? Uh, I think for the advisors who really, like so from uh, on the research side, which is, you know, um, the vast majority of the, the overall software business for Morningstar, you know, you know, people who want Morningstar research buy Morningstar software to consume, mm -hmm. right? We're not competing with a huge amount of players in that space. Maybe, three, two, you know, FactSet would check. be a competitor that might fall under two, that sort three, of mind. There's some smaller Five, players. Six, Advisory World recently seven, got bought by LPL, eight, as you're aware. And so, you know, we, 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 you know, people who want Morningstar content will generally uh, consume it through Morningstar software if they have a choice. So let me just interrupt the interview for a moment, since that uh, particular comment had a lot of background noise. Uh, and what Dermot was trying to talk about was how, what I was trying to get to was how are advisors using Morningstar technology and, and how do they compete against the tech firms and what Dermot was saying was that they're basically using their technology as a delivery mechanism for their data and analytics, which I think we all knew, but it's good to hear it from them. And who they see as direct competitors, they don't see other technology firms as direct competitors, even though many of their technology competitors do see them that way, especially on the Morningstar office side. Uh, and on their advisor workstation side, uh, they produce a tremendous number of proposals so firms like Advisory World, which was recently bought by LPL, as Dermot mentioned, uh, is a competitor on the proposal generation side, as well as uh, firms like Orion and Investnet, uh, their old Folio Dynamics uh, uh, firm that is now owned by Investnet, had, had a bet, was very strong in proposal generation. So Investnet, uh, Morningstar competes against them. But uh, I think the, the comment that Dermot made that advisors who want Morningstar content generally consume it through their software is telling that, 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 that they're, uh, they're using it as a delivery mechanism and it makes their, their product stickier since you've got everything in one package. They're, they'd much rather deliver their data and their analytics through their own software where they can control the experience than others. Although, of course, they, work, they partner with everyone. But uh, it was an interesting conversation. I just wanted to clarify that before we move on. Now back to the interview. The, right. On the competitive side, so we're also in the portfolio accounting and reporting business right. with Morningstar Office. Mm -hmm. And so in that space, as you're aware, it's far more competitive with a lot True. of other players who are there, right? Whether it's... More all the time. More on the time. Yeah, I have to, you know, maybe you can explain to me someday why someone <laughs> in their right mind would build a portfolio accounting product these days. I, I really if have... If you only knew how many I, people I'm working with. It is, it is mind-blowing to me that right. someone will do that in this day and age, considering the options. But anyway... To I just want to think, you know, I, I, 
to just a quick answer your question. Whenever I think there, there are too many players in this space, another one shows up. It's amazing to me. Like, I, I need to go drinking with one of them some night so they can really tell me why <laughs> they want to them. do this. Anyway, we'll, do, we'll do that sometime. Yeah, because, like, you've got, like, huge players out. Like, so we're a pretty big player. So we have, you know, depending on the survey, you see <laughs> anywhere between 10 to 20% of the RIA uh, firms uh, using Morningstar Office, right? Mm -hmm. You've got Orion who's out there who's offering mm -hmm. a really nice product. You've got Tamarack. You've got Adapart, the top end. You've got Black Diamond. You've got Allbridge. You know, all of these different players. And the reality is that it's a, it's a pretty tough space uh, for new entrants right. to well, come into in this day. All those terms don't play the same space. Adapart no, and Allbridge are very different. Well, it's still portfolio of Black Diamond. Right. Well, so, is more, is more inv alternative investments. It's true, but it's still portfolio. Like, each has their own little subsegment within that, right? And their own, whether size of firm that they, they target or the niche type right. of product they I'd offer. say Orion, Tamarack, Black Diamond are very much competitors. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, and we also have, like, you know, Morningstar, the average advisor using Morningstar Office is 300 million assets under oh, management. Why is that? Uh, just we've had to historically service the, the you know, the, 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 the mm -hmm. smaller to medium sized advisors. Well, that's actually large. You know, if you look at the number of advisors on RIAs, yes. the yes. average, the, me or the mean or the median, whichever the number is not the average, <laughs> the median is like 15 million. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's ridiculously low. But a lot of those folks, when you see it, right, they're not even, some of them still aren't using portfolio accounting mm -hmm. products, right? Or they're using the custodian interface that they True. were given or something right. similar, right? But if you look at the marketplace, we kind of see it kind of segregated in, or segmented into, you know, that where we are, which is like to 250, 300 million dollars and below. Right? Mm -hmm. Then you get into the, the 250, 3 million dollars to the 750 range, and then you've got above 750. Uh, and we've always sort of looked at the, the, the segmentation of the market in that way. And you know, we generally Morningstar Office serves that smaller advisor mm -hmm. who wants an all-in-one offering where they can consume, and, and they really, the differentiator for us, is you mentioned Adapar and the, the, you know, the, the alternatives. I think the advisor who uses Morningstar Office is an advisor who really values Morningstar Research and IP. Mm -hmm. And so what we have, which is really, and it's taken us a little while even internally to articulate this, is that Morningstar Office isn't just a standalone portfolio accounting system. Like if you want it, as I said, like there's plenty around with different price points and the different capabilities, and you can pick sure. and choose what you want. But what we have done is really deeply embedded our research and our analytics into the portfolio accounting platform. Because it's I more of a delivery mechanism. It's a delivery mechanism for research. And it's almost somehow we got ourselves into this portfolio accounting business because our clients are asking us, hey, why don't you add some of this research and analytics mm -hmm. and portfolio analysis into your border software? Sure. And Dust Office was born however many 10 years ago at this point. More than that. So why did you, so then, Adding in TRX for portfolio rebalancing, yeah. which is a great tool yeah. that yeah. I wrote a lot about on my blog in the past, and adding in bio accounts yeah. has really put, turned you into a, a full feature. Yeah, well, if, if you're if you're if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. Uh, <laughs> so they say. So they the say. And, and also, there is a there's an interesting move, like with this, you know, and it was part of the article you just recently wrote mm -hmm. on the platform side. Sure. Right. So oh, the investment article. Yeah, the right. investment article. Yeah. So. I think the way that, and I, I agreed with a lot of what you wrote, I think it'll be very interesting to see on the ability mm -hmm. to execute on that, right? Everyone wants to be yep. the next Amazon. But the reality is what, you know, what we want to do is bring together capabilities where Morningstar kind of, let's say, research and IP can add some value. So some re rebalancing is a quite a sophisticated yes. uh, process. Especially when you get into tax issues. Get into tax issues, right? And, and TRX was really the industry leading, and Cheryl mm -hmm. Rowland's built a really beautiful product. And so we figured that that has sort of that kind of Morningstar research angle on it. 
And right. an example of what we probably will never really bring into house would be a CRM. Why? Right. Well, we don't really believe that. I don't believe that we have Morningstar, as in the, the big Morningstar, mm -hmm. quote unquote, has a research opinion on CRM software. I don't believe there is mm -hmm. much we can add to the, re the, the debate around CRMs or mm -hmm. much that we can bring from an analytic right. perspective to CRMs. Now, if CRMs start integrating more big data and AI and machine learning and things like that and to oh, draw well, insight from it. Look well, at Redtail. Redtail's building out a lot of AI. In yeah, so once you start kind of going down that path, now all of a sudden the core Morningstar capabilities might be brought to bear there. So, so we're very we were looking of, for a Morningstar Redtail merger. I, I I wouldn't say that. No, you know, Redtail <laughs> are good typing, partners. Hold on, Morningstar yeah. announced it. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're, they're good partners of ours, but we also sure. partner with you know uh, with Salesforce True. and some of these other players. As I said, we don't have a we don't have a strong corporate opinion in the CRM business, right. and so we're going to partner with other people in our world. Uh, same with sort of this financial planning world within right. the, the. But you're the, building one, a goals-based planning. So program. yes and no. So mm -hmm. uh, I would say more no. So what we are building, and it gets a little nuanced, is Morningstar is one of the largest, I think, generators of investment proposals in the world. Hmm. Uh, we many? have, well, I, I, I don't have the exact numbers, but we have Advisor Workstation, which is currently sitting on 120,000 advisor desktops in the United States. And one of the primary uses of that product is for the generation of proposals. Right. We have a, an enterprise components business, which is really our developer tools. Uh, where, which is a global business, and, and again, one of the main deliverables of that is proposal generation. Mm -hmm. And so what we are really doing with our uh, Goldbridge product is extending our investment planning capabilities to also take into account goals. Hmm. So I know it, you, you, you might think we're kind of a, a, a parsing that a little bit, but the reality is that investment planning is a different process than financial planning. There is a there yes. is a subset investment planning and the mm -hmm. ability for that goal based selection is a subset mm -hmm. of financial planning, mm -hmm. but financial planning has a lot more associated with it, and yes. you know like well like you know wealth management and you know estate planning, health planning Could, right? and things like liability that. liability planning liability planning and things like that and so even budgeting and expenses yeah and and so we have that with our PFM tools and things mm -hmm. like that and, and uh, as well, but the reality is we partner so we just announced or Redtail or just uh, Right Capital just announced an integration with Morningstar Office and oh. we already have integrations with eMoney and Money Guide Pro and some of the other providers there. And you know, if you look at the RIA space from a financial planning perspective, it's pretty well served. Mm -hmm. And so we partner with these different folks and, mm -hmm. and we enable them to integrate into the underlying office platform. Right. We enable them to pull out uh, analytics and client data and reports mm -hmm. and make it available to their clients through the same interface. Mm -hmm. and, and we're going to continue. Do you see that, that as more of, well, if you're adding goals yes. to your platform, will those goals be able to be exported into that's the, the tools? Yeah, so that's what we've been talking to Right Capital about. Right, so what the, the kind of way I see it happening over time is that, you know, if, if someone comes in, uh, and it depends on the type of advisor as well, the, the, the Goldbridge product we're building is for the uh, primary delivery through the advisor workstation product, mm -hmm. and also through this developer tool set called Enterprise Components. And so in that world, we're generally serving uh, broker dealers and the wirehouses, and more of sort of the, the, the non-IFAs uh, or the non-RIAs. And so that's really who we're building Goldbridge for. And so these are people who really, advisors or, or brokers, depending mm -hmm. on how you want to, to categorize them, who aren't going to spend 12 hours building a financial plan for their client. Right. It just doesn't work within it's, how it's they more do light. It's very light. And so what we're doing is we're extending our investment planning capability to be able to, to handle goals. And we did this for the DOL uh, 
God rest its soul, <laughs> uh, in, uh, with, a, with a proposal generation tool. So we, we made available through Advisor Workstation mm -hmm. the ability for uh, clients, advisors, to, let's say, doing a lot of rollovers. Mm -hmm. This is where the 401k currently sits today. This is the value I can bring in as an advisor. Mm -hmm. Why don't we use Morningstar Analytics to quantify what this value looks like using a concept called Gamma? And then mm -hmm. you can make a comparison about, well, is this something that's good or not for clients? So it's really an extension of our investment planning capabilities then, and sort of a move into financial. Oh, so I, yeah, I get the nuance, and, yeah. and, it, and it's important to, to, to differentiate that. And I'm seeing a lot, I've written about this on my blog, a lot about light financial planning tools yeah and almost all the other vendors are doing that. Like Orion has a five-minute financial plan, yes. and yes. you know, Investment had built this out earlier before they started buying up companies. You know, buying yeah. Into a yeah, because I think if you look at this from a purely market penetration perspective, and you look at you know Joel's survey or mm -hmm. some of these other things that come out, pretty much everyone in the independent space who wants to be a financial planner already has a financial planning offering or has a financial planning solution or seems okay. to have. Seems to be. Seems to be, right? And, and you know, if you, if you value financial planning as a part mm -hmm. of the offering that you bring to your clients, then you're probably using one of the big three, or big two and a half, if we have right capital there as the number three player. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're, they're moving up. They're moving up. Yeah, Chong's doing a nice share. job. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, they're already doing that, and, and, and God bless them, and, and, and we'll let them off. But where there is a gap, and where you've seen this gap, and as mm -hmm. I said, we're already on over 120,000 of these desktops, is around the broker-dealer space, the warehouse space, more of the investment-oriented investment advisor who wants to add some of the basics of in financial planning, like goal uh, planning, to their investment process. And mm. we're just extending how we serve them today. Right, with so you're building your goals into the investment yes. analysis process, yes. Yes. rather than it, the other way around. Yeah, so one of the things we noticed with DOL, which was really interesting, so we, 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 we as part of the, the offerings that a lot of the firms we were working with, they had a kind of a, a prop, like a proper financial planning front end, which then fed our investment planning process. But all that came out of the financial planning process a lot of times was an asset allocation. Right. And then mm. we took the asset allocation right, as this is the optimal asset allocation for mm -hmm. this individual. And then we enabled the advisor to either pick a strategy off the shelf that matched for that asset allocation, and then ran the kind of proposal and the analytics to compare mm -hmm. where the client is today, where the other one is. And so, okay, well, if this is just a very basic asset allocation, really? right, in certain scenarios where it's a very non-complex planning process, right, where you want to plan for, you know, a goal-based planning, I want to plan for retirement, I want to have understanding of where I want to send my kids to college, that kind of basic workflow, you mm -hmm. don't need to do a fully-fledged financial plan. Right. And so the kind of the ask we're getting from our clients is, hey, can you guys add to the investment planning something we already use and we've mm -hmm. already trained our client, our advisors on how to mm -hmm. access? Can you add some basic goal-based planning to the offering? And we said, yeah, sure. I want to take a little break from this episode to talk to you about one of my favorite sponsors, the Invest in Others Foundation. Invest in Others is a nonprofit. You can find them at investinothers.org. And they look to raise money and give out awards to charities that are sponsored by financial advisors. So it's financial advisors' uh, favorite charities, charities that they spend a lot of time supporting. So Invest in Others looks to get sponsorships from the industry and funnel that money to advisors' favorite charities. I really like this, this charity uh, and this nonprofit. I think you should take a look at it. Again, investinothers.org. They've got a couple other programs. One is a Grants for Good program. Uh, again, delivering money to different needy organizations and needy groups. They're also starting a corporate awards program 
which is going to be a little bit different, but still within the industry. Uh, another way for financial services, uh, wealth management corporations to help uh, donate money to people in need. So I really like Invest in Others. I think you should take a look at it. Invest in Others. Let me spell this for you. I-N-V-E-S-T-I-N-O-T-H-E-R-S dot O-R-G. Do you think that there is a need more from those type of advisors for a, a better integrated tool like you like you can build in, yeah, well, in I terms think, of your process? Yeah, well, other, I, if they have these other tools, they're not, it's, it's, a sep, it's a swivel chair. You've got to bounce yes. back and forth where you're building it. Yeah, and the other opt- and the other difference we have with with Goldbridge is we enable it to be delivered both through APIs and through developer components. Hmm. So a lot of what we're seeing at the larger institutional level are firms building their own advisor desktops. Right. And so like which firms? Uh, what, what, what kind of firms do you mean? Uh, like large broker dealer firms. Right. They're building their own to, desktops. Who will build their own desktops? Who want to differentiate their advisor experience from that of their competitors? And so what we're seeing with those firms is also a request for the delivery of capabilities in a more modular manner. So, so what, 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 give me an example of an API I can, I can access. Uh, our, portfo- our portfolio x-ray would be a good example mm-hmm. on the portfolio mm-hmm. side. So Morningstar's portfolio x-ray report is a pretty industry standard view mm-hmm. to give you, you know, the asset allocation, geographic uh, breakdowns, right. right? You know, what categories, all that kind of fun stuff. And so we deliver that as a capability, uh, as a, within a branded products, which is all kind of how it originally was delivered. Mm-hmm. We deliver it as a component. So you as a firm who has a developer on staff or as a contractor on staff, and you want to integrate that into your workflow, you can take that or you can take the API. Same with the planning pieces, right? So you want to be able to create or run out your own simulation in regards to the, 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 the impact on particular accounts over a period of time, and you've got certain goals that have certain cash flows associated with it. You can pass that information to us over an API. We can run that for you, return you a result. Or you can take our UI, our little visual like web. We use the web, uh, I think it's called web component standard. Mm-hmm. So it's all very standard stuff. You can embed that into your own workflow. Uh, you can pass information into the component. You can take information out of the component, and you continue on with your day. Because one continue on with your day. Because yeah, right. some of the some of the, the some of the feedback, like so, if you look at the current planning products, they're not. They haven't. They weren't designed to be modular. They were generally designed uh, no. to be branded software products. Mm-hmm. I do think. I think you're seeing e-money kind of. Money Guy Pro is coming out with blocks. Blocks, right? So everyone is kind of you know kind of moving a little bit in that direction, right? Because yeah. of this modular nature and the fact that the, our clients want to be able to consume our data, our research, and our IP, and how they want to consume it, not how we want to deliver it. Right. So what, what's something you've learned with 120,000 advisors? That's quite a lot. It's a lot of advisors. So what are some of the things you've learned from that store, that data source? Like, we, we use it for, we use the data for trend analysis, like usage mm-hmm. product improvements and things like that. Unlike some other folks in the space, we don't, like, mine that data Well, you you could do it to make things better. Uh, No, we use it to make better. No, but it's no, but it's like basically these advisors are in. They want to. They're generally quick turnaround, Mm -hmm. right? So these advisors, it's like going to the doctor to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. right? You want to go in. They want to serve a need. They want to move you out, and they want to go and see their next client. Mm -hmm. 
And so having everything available in a very easy to find and easy to navigate type of way mm -hmm. is very valuable to these folks. And we're in the process of actually redesigning the, the user experience for Advisor Workstation, which is a pretty big deal for us, actually, considering the usage. Uh, we also have a, it's also used in Canada and in India, so it's actually a global product. And so we're currently refreshing it using some of our new design standards that we brought to bear in other parts of the business. So that's going to be something we're going to probably start talking about a little bit later in the year. So what can you share about the size of the technology business? Yeah, obviously we're a publicly traded company, so uh, a lot of the information is online. But, you know, at a, an overall, Morningstar is a, we hit a billion dollars in revenue last year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Morningstar software business is a relatively substantial percentage of that. Yeah, so if that was a standalone business, you might be one of the largest technology providers We'd in We'd be pretty close to that, management. I think. Yeah, yeah. In terms of revenue. Just because of revenue, and, and not even just revenue, number of people served. Mm -hmm. So as I said, we've got... Desktops. Uh, desktops, we've got over 120,000 mm -hmm. advisor workstation and desktops, uh, both here, mm -hmm. Canada, and uh, India is where we've uh, rolled it out. Uh, we have Morningstar Direct. I think we published that number. It's around 15,000 uh, desktops uh, out there, and that's a global product uh, used both within the wealth management space and the asset management. And then we serve an untold number of advisors through our development tools. And honestly, we don't untold know. Untold Because we don't know how many are there, how many are licensed, because we do enterprise-level licensing mm -hmm. for these folks. And so, you know, we license to a large firm. Everyone in that firm is generally. Oh, right. Gotcha. So we don't know exactly how many people are using it. And so it's a pretty... It it's could be unlimited. Least, it could be unlimited. We could, we could claim pretty much every advisor and, mm -hmm. and wealth management uh, right. uh, globally at this point. That's, that's a very interesting point that, that your technology business is an un, you know, un, not unknown, but really flying below the radar. Yeah. Well, I think it's more like the, the Morningstar research brand is mm -hmm. so strong and it's so important mm -hmm. and rightly so that the software had, was kind of originally a, considered just another delivery channel for yes. the research mm -hmm. and the data. But if you look at companies like Faxet, who are you know, a bigger company, I think they are a sure what their market cap is now, but it, it's pretty substantial. I think it's more than Morningstar's, right? They are a software desktop that delivers IP and data mm -hmm. to, you know, very similar to the Morningstar software business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you kind of want equivalence, that would be a pretty good one. That is a good one. And, but we've talked a little bit more. So, for example, you know, we, we've, we've, we've got a little bit more outreach in regards to folks like yourself mm -hmm. and kind of communicating what we do and how yeah. we do it. And, no, very much. Let's agree. get the word yeah, out. Well, I, I think it's. I think we do some pretty good stuff. Like then, mm -hmm. and enabling advisors and wealth managers and asset managers to access Morningstar research in a way mm -hmm. that is sort of a Morningstar approved manner, from a visualization and an analytic reporting perspective. I think has value. Uh, so, we, do you we, think? Let me interrupt you for a second. So, BlackRock wouldn't be a competitor to yours because they're an asset manager. But one of their goals is to derive thirty percent of their revenue from technology. Yeah. Well, BlackRock solutions. Uh, they are, uh, you know, we, we like like we most of Morningstar's software, if you want to call them competitors, are also Morningstar's uh, customers in other ways. There's a lot of competition. A lot of and you know this in this space, mm -hmm. right? So even in, it doesn't really matter who you are because of the fact that we are the premier provider of uh, research and data to all of the technology providers in the industry. The, 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 the reality is that even if we may compete against someone in the morning. We're partnering with them in the evening. By all accounts is a great example of this. So, yeah. by all accounts is our uh, account aggregation service. 
Yes, it is. I really focused on wealth management. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, the industry, all you hear about is Yodelay and, you know, some of Quavo. the Quovo and, you know, until they got bought and now it's Plaid and whoever mm -hmm. else it is. But, you know, by all accounts, provides aggregation services, I would think, to the majority of the portfolio accounting platforms that mm -hmm. are out there. Yeah. And so, you know, it's sort of one of these things where we will, and but then those portfolio accounting platforms may compete with Office as well. True. But, you know, we, we manage to, we're pretty good at, like, separating church and state here at Morningstar, mm -hmm. right, between, you know, our, our analysts mm -hmm. and, like, you know, our analysts rate the, the, the asset managers. We sell software to asset managers. We sell data to asset managers. And so we've been pretty good at kind of keeping kind of independence. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we, don't, we don't play any games with that, and we think mm -hmm. it's very important. So, for example, with the model marketplace we just released, right. we don't take any fees from asset managers to put their strategies on our platform. Which is a differentiator. Well, I, well, I think it's what's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. right? It's not even a case of it being a business imperative, but if you listen to Kunal Kapoor, our CEO's mm -hmm. uh, opening remark yesterday, I heard those. I, we think this is pretty important. Like, I, you know, from someone who runs a business, you know, one would think that we'd be always looking to drive additional revenue. As a public company. As a, as a public company. But the reality is you get yourself into sticky situations over time. Mm -hmm. And especially given that, you know, Morningstar's brand is really built around independence and is built around our research and our data, you know, passing up you know, little revenue opportunities here or there, even right. large revenue opportunities if you see one. But know, still, relative to your overall revenue, it's, it's small. Well, it's not going to move the needle very it probably much. not, but it opens, you know, it's, it's, it's not the right thing to do, and, mm. and we'll just pass those opportunities. Right. But at the same time, like, we didn't want to say to our, okay, we can't make you know, a huge amount of money by on this model marketplace, we're not going to build one. Right. Well, we don't think that's the right answer either, because well, sure. our clients are, 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 are asking for this. We didn't believe that that's, this is, not all of them may be clamoring at the door right now. I think there was mm. an article, uh, you know, Cerulli has been writing about this recently. Like we've just released ours, so we're not quite sure how it's going to go from an AUM perspective, but mm -hmm. there is kind of patchy feedback in regards to the AUM flows to the model marketplaces that are out there. But I believe over time the advisors are going to rely more and more on strategies and more and mm -hmm. more on third-party strategies to be able to deliver the service to their client. And when they want to start using strategies and they want to be able to take the best of breed of those strategies, we want to be there providing our research uh, mm -hmm. to them. And we want them to facilitate to be able to take those strategies off mm -hmm. of the model marketplace, pop them into the TRX rebalancer, mm -hmm. build an execution file, send it off through fixed flyer off to the custodian, and you know have the data flow back into Office so they can do performance reporting on it. Where I was going when I mentioned BlackRock uh, so long ago, the uh, was that they want their goal was to get to thirty percent revenue from yeah. tech. But you're already there. Uh, well, we're already there, yeah. Uh, but we're not an asset manager either. No. <laughs> So, you know, we know the BlackRock folks pretty well, mm -hmm. and Aladdin is a, a very nice piece of technology, and, mm -hmm. you know, for a particular use case. So, you know, again, we, we have, uh, as I said, a lot of, uh, a lot of relationships with them as well. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we continue to, to, to I, I enjoy watching to see what they do in the space. I think the 5% uh, investment in InvestNet was an interesting move. Quite. Uh, and was quite a, a, an interesting play from them. In regards to that, and so it'll be interesting. They have a lot of money, and it's always very interesting quite, to see what happens quite when, a bit. when someone with a lot of money enters into what is effectively a relatively small market, right? From a technology perspective. So, do you see your model marketplace without having fees as being a trendsetter 
in the industry that others will have to follow suit because there's just going to be a differentiator in cost. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'll. I think it'll depend how the model marketplaces play out. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of what I call like undercover fees that occur out there, and so even though someone might be claiming, so for example, uh, there's uh, there's the model market. There are platforms out there that might claim no fees, like these no fee ETFs. Uh, but people are making money underneath the covers either through you know the cash balances associated with yeah. custodian accounts or you know they're making money with the models through etfs right and so generally to us uh you know when when you open like if you take a model off the model marketplace and you execute on it that becomes an account within our portfolio accounting system and we do charge to manage that account so we do you know we we, we don't make it's not as if there is absolutely no uh, financial incentive for us to make this available, but mm -hmm. we don't. There's no money flowing between the asset managers. It's just another account on our platform. Sure. We don't charge more money for the account. We don't try to differentiate it in any way. For us, it's just another account sitting on the platform. It's just another account. So, with with uh, when you're mentioning bio accounts, one thing I found by talking to a lot of the vendors is that they're they're they each vendor is becoming uh, aggregators of aggregators. Yeah. That that, that one source isn't enough. So they'll have bio accounts, yep. Quovo and Yodely, yep. and then they'll aggregate them together and pick the best, because there's 20,000 yep. data sources. Yeah, you call them aggregation hubs. Aggregation hubs, you can call them a lot of things, because they, not everyone is doing everything the best. Correct. So one might be strong at one area, one at another, and they, they pick and choose. It makes a lot of sense. So do you see that as changing the way bio accounts is working? Uh, not really. Like, so where we've really always been very strong is around investment accounts. Mm -hmm. Right, and bringing in because bio accounts drives the reconciliation process behind the office product as well. Mm. So where bio accounts has really been very good is if you need what I call you know top quality investment data to the point where you want to be able to report on it mm -hmm. within your portfolio accounting system or a similar system, mm -hmm. then I believe bio accounts is still the best product in the marketplace mm -hmm. to do that. Uh, we have started expanding our team of uh, support folks and developers to kind of provide more of support around kind of bank accounts and credit card accounts because what we were finding is our customers wanted, you know, some of our customers wanted one vendor and didn't want to deal with two. But, you know, we're not as strong as some of the other players might be around what we call like the debit accounts or the savings accounts. Right. But if you want... And that's the, one of the reasons why they would use a Yodel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but if you want the best investment data, I think you still there's a lot of reasons why you would. Yes. And also, we've integrated a lot of the things we've done behind the scenes is integrated in with the Morningstar uh, security matching engines. Mm -hmm. So when the data flows through, we do a pretty good job of matching up the security that is in the account. Because you don't mm -hmm. really get much than a ticker sometimes. But even right. then, it's a little bit vague. Your data becomes cleaner. It way. becomes cleaner and standardized. And one of the things we've recently built is, so I came from a, a company called Hello Wallet. Oh, I know those guys. Yeah, so I came from Hello Wallet. Uh, and we that was very much a... PFM driven, right. and so one of the things we've just uh, integrated into by all accounts is a transaction classifier. Hmm. So we took, which is a big, a big issue. Which is a big issue, right? And so we think we can do a pretty good job on that, based on what we learned at Hello Wallet, and you know we, we sold off that business to to key banks, but we, we kept some of the IT and yeah. they enabled us to do this. And so, and we just released a new API for buy all accounts. Mm -hmm. So we were getting feedback that the API was a little bit 
old school, you know, this old, <laughs> this old XML thing that oh, nobody yeah. wants to use anymore, and everyone's used this funky new JSON stuff. Right. So we've just released REST, a, API, REST, API, RESTful, API. RESTful API, and so we're, we're in the process of releasing a new API for by all accounts as well. And we're continuing to innovate yes. on these products, and we're continuing to want to differentiate ourselves, but we're very cognizant of where we add value, hmm. and in other areas where it's just a need to, and, and we really want to focus on areas where we add value versus just... As we should. Adding things for sale. As we, we all should As want to add value. Should. I know, but it's so easy to, to decide, okay, I want to do a bit of everything. Mm -hmm. I think we did that originally with Office, where mm -hmm. Office had its own uh, uh, client management slash CRM capability there. Mm -hmm. But what we found was that okay, it's easy to build something on day one. right? Anyone can build anything on the first day. Mm -hmm. But to continue to iterate and innovate where you're not a specialist in the space, we found that then people like Redtail came along and they built a fabulous system. Right. There was nothing, like we would have to be 100% dedicated on our CRM capability to even try to keep up with them. Right. And so why, why bother them? Right? Exactly. Why build a CRM? And why, well, we are constantly asking that question for ourselves, why do we do anything? So yes. one question I ask is why are we here? And one of the reasons why it was is to get this kind of information and sit down with these interviews with with the key people at Morningstar, and I really appreciate your time. I know sure. we're busy, we're running around all over, you know, with all the, all the customers here and from session to session, so thanks for, for carving out some time in your schedule. Yeah, not at all, Greg, and thanks for spending the time today. I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I enjoyed it as well. Hey, everyone, it's Craig again. Just a few quick items before we go. If you like this episode, please give it a five-star review on iTunes. I would very much appreciate it. And remember to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about on this episode. For more information on wealth management technology, you can read my Wealth Management Today blog at wmtoday.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I'm looking forward to talking to you all again next week.